This podcast is a Believe Network and Luciete production. edition of the DLU podcast brought to you by Belief Network. I'm your host, Derek T. Lewis. And if you subscribe to this show and you're thinking, wait a minute, today's not Thursday. You're right. This is a surprise episode because what I'm going to be doing from time to time is um, giving some updates in regards to the world of professional wrestling, my opinions, and more facts than anything else, mainly covering a lot of events. So, The WWE, last night, as I'm recording this on a Sunday night, they had uh, Backlash, which took place in in beautiful, beautiful San Juan, Puerto Rico, in front of 17,944 WWE fans. And let me tell you, that is probably one of the most exciting premium live events that I've seen in a very, very uh, non-WrestleMania or the non-classic four, so to speak. So, you know, Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, SummerSlam, Survivor Series. So any non-Classic 4 WWE Premium Live event, that is probably the most exciting crowd and event that I've ever seen. And you can, you could feel you, you could feel it through the television. And I had a couple contemporaries in the media space that were actually in San Juan for the event last night. And I mean, it was incredible. And let me just give kudos to the WWE. They, they, they have actually instituted a drone camp. They started off the pay-per-view last night with the drone camp starting outside of the arena and worked its way all the way inside of it. I thought that was pure genius, and I hope that they work they they actually have they work that, you know, through their events, whether it's Raw, SmackDown, or any of the premium live events. I actually enjoyed that new concept and they're always forward thinking and you know definitely trying to take things to the next level i want to start off with the opening match it was for the uh, raw women's championship it was bianca belair versus eo sky from damage control and this crowd was i would if i was to say i mean they weren't booing uh, bianca belair but i could tell you the response to eo sky was unbelievable they were really behind her they were ready for a new raw women's champion um, I mean, the match was, I mean, just just seesaw battle, you know, back and forth between the two women. I thought, you know, what a way to kick off the show with, a, you know, obviously with a championship match and just the mat, just in the matter of, of the physicality that took place in the match. Um, I know there was a little bit of um, outside stuff going on with Damage Control com- coming down the uh, aisle, Bailey and um, Dakota Kai, and the referee caught Bailey holding on to Bianca's uh, braid. And next thing you know, uh, Bianca hits her with the uh, KOD, one, two, three. Well, I'm sorry, uno, dos, tres, as the crowd was saying last night in uh, Puerto Rico. And still Raw Women's Champion Bianca Belair. Um, The match was uh, 18 minutes long. And now Bianca is the longest reigning women's champion in the modern era. So I think she's on 399 days today, and I believe tomorrow starts day number 400. So I'm interested to see how this is all going to take place now that 
Again, Bianca's going to be on SmackDown, so I'm wondering, is it going to be a switcheroo? When is it going to happen? You know, and I'll get to that in a second regarding the uh, the second women's title match that took place um, later in the paper in the uh, premium live event. Sorry, I, I'm saying pay per view because I mean, obviously, I the, the pay per view the word the, the phrase pay per view was ingrained in me since the since its infancy. So them saying premium live event is something I have to. Uh, get used to in my vocabulary. So my apologies if pay-per-view does slip. Um, the next match was Seth Freakin' Rollins versus the Nigerian giant Omos accompanied by MVP. I got to tell you, I'm really, really impressed with the, obviously the overall growth in as far as, you know, being a professional wrestler, you know, with, with Omos. You know, everybody had their negative opinions about it, especially um, for last month's WrestleMania. When he was uh, when he scheduled to face uh, Brock Lesnar, that actually kicked off night two of WrestleMania. I always felt that <clears throat> some of the bigger guys get, you know, the the short end of the stick, so to speak. From I think from some fans. I mean, obviously you have fans out there that are very passionate about pro wrestling. A lot, you know, this, I would call them purists, and they're all about the you know the technicality in the ring and you know the the five star matches, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But we also have to remember that this is again sports entertainment. You know, you it all has to be all different shapes and sizes. You know what I mean? And I grew up in an era where you know big men ruled the world at one point. You know, you had your Andre the Giant, you had your Big John Studge, you had King Kong Bundy. You know, the list goes on and on. <clears throat> then, of course, in you know in the mid the late nineties, you, know, you had the Giant, aka the Big Show. You know, and and several others. But, and obviously, as time was moving on, you know, when you had the Eddie Guerreros, the Rey Mysterios, the current, you know, some of the smaller guys that were really getting shine, you know, we, we fail to, you know, realize that, hey, man, you know, some you know, big guys matter too. But Omos has improved so much. And being in there with uh, Seth freaking Rollins, you know, it was a lot of the psychology I really enjoyed, especially for the finish of the match. And I'll get to that in a minute. But, when the match was announced, I i mean, a lot of fans were confused. I know I was confused because we were just trying to figure out what issue did these two guys have? I mean, it was just a random match that was thrown together. So I was thinking that, you know, either Rollins is going to, you know, I mean, it's somebody that was on the roster that was maybe in a title hunt or something like that, that I thought that um, Rollins was going to face. And it was just almost, I was very surprised, you know, by that. And whenever I see... You know, Omas and MVP, it gives me flashbacks to Andre the Giant and um, Bobby the Brain Heenan. Because a lot of people, you know, for I mean, a lot of newer fans that may have studied up on Bobby Heenan as a great manager. But once upon a time, he was a damn good worker, you know, as far as a wrestler's concerned. And he just, his bread and butter was always being a manager. But from time to time, he would actually get in the ring, as a matter of fact. Bobby Heenan actually stepped in the ring at WrestleMania 5 against uh, the Red Rooster, Terry Taylor. So Heenan's been in the ring plenty of times before, you know. Actually, he, he was in the uh, 1989 Survivor Series, too. He took uh, Tully Blanchard's place. So Heenan, you know, he, he in his day, you know, he, he'd step in the ring when need, when need be. And MVP did tell me during the press junket that although the, the boots aren't hung up completely, he could still get in there and mix it up, which I know he can. But... You know, it was, you know, Omos moved in and it was, you know, back and forth, you know, with Rollins and Omos and, you know, Rollins tried to get him with the curb stop, I, I believe twice, and, you know, Omos kicked out of it. And then, you know, the end of the match was Omos, you know, on his knees and Rollins coming off the top rope with a huge curb stomp. And that was really, really, that was a really good finish, you know, for um, Rollins to 
walk out with the W. The next match is um, was a triple threat match for the United States Championship. You know, the champion, you know, Austin Theory defended against Bobby Lashley and Bronson Reed. Now, I was thinking, okay, what are they going to do? You know what I mean? You know, Theory coming off of um, a huge win at WrestleMania against John Cena. I'm thinking that, um, okay, is he going to drop the title and, you know, maybe, maybe get into the tournament? And we'll talk about the tournament in a little bit, too. But... I just wasn't sure how this match was going to play out. And, I mean, to me, the um, Bronson Reed, man, <laughs> for his size, he really moves around in there like a cat. He really does. I'm, I'm, I've always been impressed with his work. Even when he was in NXT, I was very impressed with his work. I was really surprised when they had let him go the first time, but I'm glad. He, you know, he did, he go to, he went to uh, New Japan and uh, did his thing over there and um, honed his skills and, you know, came back in, in the fold with WWE and he's really doing his thing. I just hope that they just keep him consistent, you know, through, you know, whatever program that he's in and make him look like a monster. Because I think him being a heel, you know, it, it, I think that suits him perfectly. I think where he, where his, um where he's headed, it, as long as they keep him on the right track, you know, who knows, he can be. You know, have on you know have a mid card belt, whether it's the IC title or the US title. You know, somewhere down the line. Obviously, with Bobby Lashley, I didn't think that Lashley was gonna win. The, was gonna win this match only because I think Bobby's trajectory is getting back in that in that main event. You know, heavyweight title picture. But all in all, Austin Theory, the uh, the little cowardly heel, you know, walks out with the US title. It was a, I think Lashley hit uh, Reed. With a, with, I believe it was the spear, but Austin Theory throws Lashley out of the ring and covers Reed to get out of there with the W and to retain the United States Championship. One of the one of the most um, touching moments of the night was um, obviously the SmackDown Women's Championship was um, Rhea Ripley representing the Judgment Day was defending against the challenger Zelina Vega who. Um, who is a, who has family? You know, he she is Puerto Rican, and this is the first time in her illustrious career that she was actually wrestling a match in Puerto Rico, and her cape was of the Puerto Rican flag. That was a touching, touching introduction, and the crowd was just being. She was moved to tears by just the crowd being. You know, her family's at ringside. You know what I mean? For those that don't know, um, Zelina Vega's dad. Um, was one of the lives lost in the World Trade Center on 9-11. And um, I know it was a couple years ago, she was actually at the, um, when they read the names every year, she was actually there to read her, read her dad's name. So I can only imagine, you know, what was going through her mind, you know, this whole, you know, this whole time, you know, of, you know, just having her family there, her mom and her brother and, you know, some of her other family members that were at ringside. And of course, this is a staple in a lot of um, my, my fellow Latino, uh, my, my, my Latino friends' um, household, the, the, the infamous La, La Chancla. <laughs> yes, her mom actually gave Zelina uh, La Chancla to throw at Rhea Ripley. I thought it was a nice um, wrinkle into the match. But um, Rhea, you know, she hits her with her finisher and um, walks out still SmackDown Women's Champion. Now, what I was going to say is that I'm wondering what's going to happen now as far as how Rhea and Bianca, now that they're on, you know, opposite shows now, as far as their titles are on other shows. So you figure Bianca's on SmackDown, but she's the Raw Women's Champion. Rhea's on Raw with the SmackDown Women's title. So I'm wondering 
when the switcheroo is going to happen. I'm, I'm hoping that they do something on Raw tomorrow night so we can get that solidified and they can both move on and go their separate ways. And maybe, maybe we can see a unification match, you know, at WrestleMania next year in Philly, you know, with the, uh, with Rhea and, um, and Bianca Belair. I think that match is destined to happen. I think it should happen, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Next up, the San Juan Street Fight. This was, in my opinion, match of the night. Could potentially be a match of the year candidate, in my in my in my opinion. Damian Priest of the Judgment Day, my fellow uh, Monster Factory brethren, um, was going up against recording artist Puerto Rico, and they're and obviously Damian Priest, also Puerto Rico, but Bad Bunny, who he faced, and that crowd. My goodness, <laughs> man. Just the 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 chord of his um of the, of his of his theme song that he came out to, which he actually did with Ric Flair, it was called um, Chambea, and that song came out in 2017. I remember when Flair had um just got out of the hospital with the, with the, a major health scare, and he was just getting back on his feet, getting back into his grand scheme, you know, swing of things. He put out a video on Instagram and YouTube, and he was advertising that he, because him and Bad Buddy were on the top of this building where they were actually filming the music video for Chambea. He said that they were, you know, the, the video was coming in a couple of weeks, and the, 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 you know, to be on the lookout for it. And you know, here we are a few years later, and Bad Bunny is actually coming out to that song because usually when Bad Bunny would come out to the ring or wherever the case, he would come out to his song Booker T. That is all about the. Uh, the five-time, 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 five-time WCW champion Booker T. That's what the song is about. But no, but he came out to Chambea, and he also came out with a shopping cart full of uh, goodies, or should I say weapons, and that was in homage of the late, great New Jack. And you want to talk about just pandemonium. And this, I mean, this match was physical. You know what I mean? Priest and uh, and Bad Bunny were going at it. And for, for Bad Bunny to only have been in one match uh, opposing, he's, this, this is only his second match. Well, he's been in the Royal Rumble before, so I can't say, but as far as a, an actual, in the ring, an actual match concerned, I mean, he really belongs in the ring. He really does. And beyond impressed with what, you know, the physicality he was taking, not what he was dishing out, but the fact that he, you know, he took a table spot, you know, off the top of a speaker in the crowd. I was like, whoa. (laughs) But of course, you know, the judgment day comes down, they try to do a run in. Then I believe it was Carlito that comes out of nowhere. And that crowd goes ballistic for his, when they heard his music. And next thing you know, the great Savio Vega, um, comes out to um, Los Barricos, uh theme, and of course he, the the rest of the LWO comes out, and they try to even up the odds, and Savio, you know, does some physicality in the aisle way. I believe it was against um, I believe it was uh, Dom or um, I think it was Finn Balor. I think it was Finn Balor that took the uh, the brunt of that, but nonetheless, Bad Bunny hits um. Damian Priest with the Bunny Destroyer to get the victory. And like I said, one of the the best matches of the year, in my opinion. Like I said, the match of the year candidate. And if anyone thinks otherwise, then you're just a hater. Because and, and here's another thing. I'm on, you know, I'm on the old Twitter machine and I'm reading, you know, opinions, which I sh- I shouldn't do it, but it's just whatever. 
And just people are just crapping on Bad Bunny. Who is he? I never heard of him, Lord. He is the number one streamed recording artist on planet Earth. That's who Bad Bunny is. That reaction from that crowd, and they were singing the lyrics to his song. They were singing the lyrics to his song. So, for all you haters out there that's questioning why Bad Bunny's there and yada yada, the numbers don't lie. And business is business. So, kudos to to Damian Priest, like I said, and, you know, who I'm hoping is uh, in the title picture at some point, you know, this year and beyond. But next match is um, the six-man tag between the Bloodline, Solo Sokoa and the Usos, against Matt Riddle and the unified, or I guess undisputed tag team champions, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. There was a vignette that took place you know, earlier in the night, and I think we're getting ready for the match, and I think they're planting seeds for Solo to do something to either one of the Usos or both of them. And they asked him, you know, are you ready? And Solo says something in the lines of, I'm going to do my part, but you just made to make sure you do yours and, and left. So, some, you know, some, like I said, they're planting a seed for something. But anyways, they, they you know, they, they start the match, you know, all this chaos going on, but you're expecting a six-man tag. But then all of a sudden, in the mid and towards the end of the end of the match, you know, Jay Uso's trying to help up Solo, and Solo almost gave him a Samoan spike. And Jay uttered, I'm your brother. You know, what are you doing? I'm your brother. You don't do that. You know, so whatever. And I believe Solo was the one that pinned uh Matt Riddle to get the win for the uh, the six-man tag team match. And of course, the main event was the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes, facing the Beast Incarnate, Brock Lesnar. To be honest, I text um, my coach, Danny Cage, at the Monster Factory, and I was just wondering, I said, how is this going to, how is this, I said, if you're booking this, how is this going to, uh, which, how do you finish it? He's like, I think you, you you put Cody over clean. And I was like, okay. And I was just trying to figure out how are they going to do that. Now, the match starts with Cody attacking this guy outside the ring, you know, before the bell even rang. So he's hitting with chairs, and he, I mean, he's, you know, going after Brock, he's, you know, he's beating him down, beating him down. Then they go in the ring and that's where it gets, it gets really, really physical. You know, Cody's being aggressive. And then of course, Brock is taking him to suplex city. Boom, boom, boom. German suplex, German suplex, German suplex. And then Cody tries to hit him with, um, I believe two crossroads and Brock kicks out. Brock take, they, it was an, it was an exposed turnbuckle of the top turnbuckle. And, Brock ends up hard. He's doing a hard way. His head hitting the turnbuckle, and he really did. There was no blading or anything. He literally hit the turnbuckle, and he was just his face was crimson mask, just bleeding all over the place. It was like a slaughterhouse. But anyways, he tried. He puts the Kimura on Cody, and this is a really, really smart, brilliant, brilliant finish. I would love to know who the uh, producer was for this match, but Cody leveraged himself. On top of Brock, while Brock has him in the Camaro to get the pen. And Cody gets the hell out of there. And that's how you go off the air with Cody um, getting the W over Brock Lesnar. Now, this is me, you know, again, this is not me, the, the, the ring announcer or someone that's in the wrestling business talking. This is just me as the fan right now talking. And... As much as I, and, and by the way, for the record, Cody Rhodes is my absolute favorite professional wrestler today. Cody Rhodes is my absolute favorite wrestler right now. 
And but I'm saying but and I'm just saying this with all due respect. I felt like Bad Bunny and Damian Priest should have closed the show, considering all of the elements involved. You know, they're both you know in their in their homeland, Puerto Rico. You know what I mean? Growing up in the same area and everything. Um, all the players involved with you know Carlito, you know who's dad his dad, um, Carlos Colon, who's um. The, the the CWC um, promotion down in um or uh, World World Wrestling Council WWC I'm so sorry about that I'm so confusing right now it's really really late in the night so I'm just trying to get this done but his father Carlos Colon you know a legend in um in the land of Puerto Rico and I'm thinking that okay that that's all of those those players that were in there, you know, Savio Vega, you know, who, who's running IWA Puerto Rico. Shout out to Savio. I had a chance to work with him at SWF a couple of weeks ago. Had a chance to talk with him. Just really, really ultra cool guy. Um, I thought they should have gone on last, especially with, you know, Bad Bunny getting the W. I think that's how you send the fans home happy. And this is, like I said, no shade on Cody or, or Brock at all, but I just felt that match is only nine minutes and 40 seconds with Brock and Cody. Versus the 25 minutes that um, Bad Bunny and Damian Priest were allotted. So, just my opinion. I just thought that they should have gone on last. But, from top to bottom, this is probably one of the best shows that the WWE has put on in a very, very, very long time. I think they should do a show in Puerto Rico every year. Because those fans, I mean, you know, I, I've had you know, friends from Puerto Rico and that are wrestling fans, and they are so passionate about the sport, so passionate about the genre of sports entertainment. And, like, the whole entire night was just energy. You could be in the wrestlers felt that you could see the energy, you know, in the ring, and, and just everyone just so uber focused and just wanted to perform at the highest level. Cause man, it was like from the, the opening. The opening match was for the women's championship, and like I said, Io Sky and Bianca Belair was. I mean, they were throwing everything. They threw everything, including the kitchen sink. Okay, like it, I just couldn't believe. I was like, man, I said, well, if that match is going to be a banger, then everybody, oh, okay, and just every just the pay per view just got better and better. See, I said pay per view. See, look at me. The PLE was just getting better and better as the night went on. But earlier today. Um, the WWE released the um, the names that are going to be in the tournament to determine the new World Heavyweight Champion. It's going to be a 12-man elimination tournament. And I was really, really surprised at some of the names. And there was, some, there was a name or two that was omitted off the list. You know, and I was kind of like wondering, I said, I wonder what was going on with that. But either way, I'm really excited about, you know, who's going to be, you know, in the tournament, where it's, you know, where it's headed, where it's going. And I think in, in the new champion, of course, is going to be crowned at Night of Champions at the end of the, at the last Saturday of the month. I believe that's the 27th or I think it's May 27th, I believe. Um, in Saudi Arabia, that's where the um, the tournament, the I guess the finals, I, I should say, the finals is going to take place in Saudi Arabia. So I'm really looking forward to that event, and I'm hoping that you know whoever this champion is going to be is going to be the guy that's going to take Monday Night Raw to the next level. So here are the participants in the tournament. It's going to be Seth Rollins. 
the United States champion Austin Theory, the phenomenal AJ Styles, the almighty Bobby Lashley, Finn Balor, WWE Hall of Famer Rey Mysterio, WWE Hall of Famer the Rated R Superstar, Edge, Damian Priest, The Miz, Sheamus, Shinsuke Nakamura, and the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes. So those are your 12 participants that's going to be in the tournament. Now, to be honest, I have to say this. I was very, very surprised that LA Knight was left off of this list. Because I know they were saying they were going to be choosing for both Raw and SmackDown, which is another another story for another time. But I really thought that it was going to be, you know, a guy like LA Knight, who I feel is right there. And I just, for whatever reason, they're not giving him that nudge just yet. I don't know why, but I think the guy, I mean, the guy is good in the ring. The guy could talk. Man, he I mean he he has some rap. I really, really dig his stuff. And I'm just hoping that they're um they're gonna do something with LA Knight. Maybe they put him in the IC title picture, maybe put him in the US title picture somewhere down the line. I hope so, because he definitely needs to he definitely deserves more than what he's getting right now. But that's my again, my wrap up for uh backlash. You know, just to give you guys some uh four on one in regards to why I'm doing this. You know, I do interviews. You know, with with people of all walks of life. So whether it's, you know, athletes, especially in the world of professional wrestling, which I have ties to, you know, actors, you know, influencers, reality stars, recording artists or whatever. That's not going to change. Okay, Thursdays is still going to be, you know, my show of of basically how it is currently business as usual. However, the fact that, you know, the numbers, especially for one of my videos that did over 30,000 views during WrestleMania week and believe network really wants me to take it to the next level and start reporting more on pro wrestling so you're going to be getting some bonus content from me you know mainly after every premium live event or pay-per-view with AEW I'm going to be doing their events as well you know some impact wrestling some RO some ring of honor but I'm definitely going to be doing some opinion based episodes on Raw SmackDown and uh, AEW Dynamite so Make sure you get your um, subscription. Make sure you subscribe to the show. It is free. You know you can go on to all my social media. Um, Twitter is Twitter and Instagram is the real DT Lou. Uh, Facebook is Derek T Lewis official page, and also YouTube is the real DT Lou. If you want to look up Derek T Lewis, either one, you can go there as well. So I'm gonna get out of here, and as I always say, no matter what you do in life, always remember to make it count. See you next time.